Hey y'all, it's Queen J. We are back with a very, very, very special episode as today, actually, unbeknownst to me, um, <laughs> and courtesy of Spotify, I was reminded that today we have hit our one year anniversary of the podcast. Woo! So, yeah, I'm like, what? A whole year, y'all, a whole year of let's get uncomfortable. And we have been getting uncomfortable every episode. So, before we get into the topic, and before we get into my little, my special guest, we are going to do a bit of mindfulness, as y'all know. So, it is now time for us to pause, breathe, and relax. It is now time for us to come to a space of peace, tranquility, and be in a space of positivity and just gratefulness and openness to receive blessings upon blessings. <laughs> and it is now time for us to heal collectively. Now is the time for unity, not division. All right, y'all. I hope that moment of silence brought y'all peace. Kind of lets y'all have that space where y'all can be receptive to what we're about to say today. So, without further ado, I would like to introduce someone super, super special to me. My good sis, Z. Hey, y'all. What's good? What's good? What's good? <laughs> so, this episode is going to be a little different. It's going to be a conversation uh, style where we are talking about at least two topics because this is a special episode like i said i've been wanting her on the podcast for a while so we're talking about first we're going to talk about art and how why has it become or seemingly become unprofessional or as creatives and us being in those environments and those spaces so you want to start yeah so i feel like um I was talking to Jay about this like a couple weeks ago and I was like, dang, like I feel like as artists, I feel like we got to continue to critic ourselves and we got to touch up because I feel like when, at a certain point, when did art become unprofessional? I feel like I've been to many open mics and many events outside of open mics where it even on top of panels and it comes down to the organization and it comes down to the execution is done so poorly. And I feel like people think because of their reputation and how much art they put out is so good or the quality that they are is good, but it's like you still have to execute a good program. You still have to touch the community and we still have to do this in a non-jealous, a safe environment way, in a way where everybody can be touched and we can truly do our intention as a hand. And I feel like yeah. that aspect of art has become very unprofessional. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's become, it's the cockiness of it as well. Because I create and my art is good. I can, I can give it to you any kind of way. I can, you can accept it and you just don't like it. And it's like that mentality kind of resembles entitlement to me. And I know we talked about that before where I was just kind of like, I feel like when you kind of make it as like a star or in whatever you're passionate about, especially as a creative, right. you kind of ain't going to take shit from nobody. Like you, right. you passionate, we sensitive about our shit, right. we know. But it's also another level to it where you're kind of like, mm, right. okay, can I execute it in this fashion or can I just execute it? The way I want to do it, and their vision don't matter. Like, and, you know? and before we get into it, I just want to make it clear that we're talking about the execution of event basis in my my perspective. Yes. So I feel like I don't make my art for the satisfaction of anybody else but myself. So if I'm writing a poem or you writing a song or a poem, I'm not saying 
that you need to actually do that to please somebody. Right, but I'm saying right. if you're doing an event for the community and you're bringing people out for a certain intention, then it, it is in your best intention to execute that for the better of the community, it not just yourself. It has to be. It has to have a certain decorum when you are presenting showcases, when you are presenting things. And this is not to say that anything that I have recently done has been executed poorly. No, everything that I have been involved in has been executed to perfection in my eyes. Exactly. But I have seen other events that were held on that I was not a part of that have made me question whether or not there's the actual integrity behind it or like the, the authenticity behind it. Mm -hmm. Like I was speaking with one of my fellow um, poets over the, over, uh, the last event mm -hmm. and we were talking about how slam poetry is like really good poetry and like, you know, slam contests and stuff like that. But there's also this, this big ego with some of the artists where they like just do like the crowd fact reaction type of thing. And again, I don't do slam pieces, so I don't know that there's really that much of a difference until she was saying like it's good for you know poets to be doing and sharing and stuff but it doesn't seem genuine at some points because they're doing it for the crowd reaction they're doing it for the scores you know right and it's and like it, and it's slam poetry that's yeah, your purpose yeah so i feel like it depends on i feel like it does depend on what avenue you're going down with because uh -huh. in, in my per in my perspective, I feel like uh -huh. I'm doing a slam poetry thing. My intention is here to win this kind of money. My okay. Is, so, so I'm gonna. So crowd reaction is the basis of who is going to win and who's going to lose. Got it. But if I'm at an open mic, I feel like that's a little different. You okay. know you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, I see that. But I That's fine. I didn't even realize that that was gonna happen. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I hope they're all right. It's okay. It's life. We're gonna. It's all right. We're gonna keep pushing. But yeah, no, I definitely see what you're saying. You said, when did art become unprofessional? I feel like art can be messy. Art can have its own flow. You can be creative in whatever avenue, avenue, avenue you choose. Right. But I knew you were about to jump. <laughs> whatever avenue you choose. But when it comes to putting on a event where you're being vulnerable, and you're sharing your space with other individuals, right. it needs to be also welcoming for the space to be vulnerable with you. Right. And the only reason I'm touching on this and it came up is because I've done been in an instance where I, I've caught myself doing this once before too. And I feel like then I became, then I came to the point where it's like, damn, like, people not taking me professionally. But yeah. it's like, well, you're not executing it professionally. Yeah. So I feel like you want to be taken professionally with your art. I feel like you do have to hand things to people a certain way. If that is not your intention to go your own way. I feel like everybody got a different intention for what they want to put out. Mm -hmm. But you can't be looking in the mirror and be like, oh, why they don't take me serious? Or why I don't take my event professional? Or why did I, this event not impact this amount of people? Yeah. Or, you know, it's because you was not, you didn't execute it correctly. And I feel like we got to really start down. It comes down to organization. And it comes down to having a blueprint. I feel like we all got good gems. An outline. It comes down to outline and blueprint. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You gotta map it out. Outline and blueprint. So, in that same realm of things, just a, like, how do you feel things, how do you feel like a crowd would react, or not a crowd, but how do you feel like a collective or a community space would feel if it was seemingly unorganized or if it was seemingly like, unprofessional in the way that we're saying or like it was like chaotic in some in some way how do you feel like they would respond how do you feel like what would be their takeaway you think that the message would get lost and they wouldn't actually 
get it or receive it. I would say it depends on what kind of event it is. Because mm. I don't been to panels. We can talk about open mics. We can okay. talk about slam events. You know, it, it's really a lot of various. We're talking about artistic events, period. That's true. So like, That's it, true. It, it depends on what the crowd has came there to see as well. Huh. If I came to a panel and we here to talk about this or this or that, or if I came to a show and we here to rock it out and we here to dance, it really, it, it, it depends on the crowd's intention of being there as well. But some events, we solely here to kick it, especially when you think about the open mics where we That's all drinking thinking. and kicking and smoking. Okay. It's like, shit, my attention right now is, we ain't fuck, fuck the word. <laughs> and then, but, yeah. then, but then I come to a panel and I'm one of the panelists or I got a speaker or somebody that to say I got to be part of a mm -hmm. event. Like I'm, I done did a lot of symposiums where I be speaking at events. And, you know, when it comes down to shit like that, it's like, okay, organization does have to play a part to, to reach the community. But I feel like it does depend on how people, I feel like how the crowd reacts solely is going to be based on what did they come there to see. But like you came there for healing and to walk away with something. If you came there to feel gratitude mm -hmm. or came there to feel unity, then I feel like it depends on what the crowd is coming to see specifically. Okay. And, and that, you know, for me. No, I like that. But sometimes I, I ain't like coming that. to leave with a message. So I go to some events where I'm just trying to, I go to some events where I'm just trying to kick it. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to social, I'm trying to mingle. And then I go to some events where I'm like, I'm coming here for a purpose. I want to walk out feeling some way like I'm walking in with an intention to feel away before I, when I walk out. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes you go into stuff like, shit, I'm here to have motherfucking fun. I don't care. You know, I get that. I definitely get that. How do you feel about, because you've also hosted events, you know? I don't know if we did this, but she is an all around rock star in the motivational speaking world and the poetry and education and we need to have you up for a little bit. We just need to talk about you for a little bit. So introduce yourself because I, I probably missed something. It's all right. It's all right. It's our show. You do it your own way. Oh, man. <laughs> my name is Azaria P. McCarter. Everybody call me Z. Um, I'm, my background is poet, um, but I really go by educator. I would say I work in, I've been working with in youth development for over 10 years, even when I was in college and high school, working with the youth. I just uh, got done working at Aiken High School for two years, teaching 7th, 8th, and 9th grade and 11th grade poetry, uh, partnership with Workplace Cincinnati. So I feel like all around, my impact is to just impact the youth. So now yes. I'm moving on to continue to work for CYC, but I'm a new communication um, development person. So that's really exciting. So just continuing to do work for the kids behind the scenes. And then on the side, just doing poetry where I can, doing a little speech where I can, getting a little commission in when I can, you know. What, I'm just like a jack of all trades. Yes, you I'm are. Just, I do what I can. <laughs> yes, that's a it. jack of all that's trades, a master of, a master of, all or something. I don't know. One, you know how do you know? That's a one something. Know, there's a quote. There's a quote. I can't remember the quote right now. But yes, this is my good sis, Azaria. Yes, yes, yes. Like, let that sink in. She has, has done so much for the community. And I think this is a perfect way to kind of just talk about the anniversary of Let's Get Uncomfortable because most of our conversations, the conversations that I have with this woman, mm -hmm are uncomfortable as hell yes, for we me get we, get it, <laughs> we get into it and we connect on mindfulness we connect on spirituality and i actually met her through well i met you through poetry but i also met you through when i was working at uc's bookstore <laughs> yeah when i was working at uc's bookstore and i was actually that's crazy that's way i know that's way back damn but I we reconnected after on I the had, mic for real. yeah, on the mic. Yeah. I what it was one of the open mics that I had went to, mm -hmm. 
And I just connected with you, and we started going to different open mics together. Like truly sisters on the mic, yeah. Truly sisters and, and, on the mic, for you real. To this podcast, y'all really listening to somebody that really puts work into her craft and really be putting it into this. <laughs> so as the one-year anniversary, y'all better give it up, like, share, um, for real, because she, really she put her work into this, y'all. She really does. I put my soul into this, and I don't really touch on it as much in the podcast, and I'm I'm definitely gonna do that in in later episodes to come, but. I, it means the world to me that I'm able to even speak on things like this. I might get a little emotional, but let's get into it. That's what Let's Get Uncomfortable is all about. Right. Like, if y'all are listening and when y'all hear this, I just want y'all to know that I'm doing this for y'all. I'm not mm-hmm. doing this just for me. I'm doing it to build a community from, again, the strength of our vulnerability and the power of our connectivity. That's yes. really how we can heal. And I talk about that on like a semi-daily basis with this good sister here because we are sisters on the mic and we talk about our impact in this world and our impact in our community solely Mm -hmm. because we have come from similar backgrounds you know coming from a minority space and not really having as much growing up you want to be an advocate for your community no matter what the cost like if you down to your last dollar, you're going to get that last dollar to somebody. Oh, even It's going to double and come back. But I think, and that's part of why we wanted to talk about this topic. Because as artists, in a collective space, in just a general speaking terms, we put our heart and soul into our craft. Mm-hmm. Just as speakers in general. And a lot of the times, we always get on the mic and it's always respect the mic. Because... You never know what someone's going to share. You never know how it's going to impact and someone. Then, and then the reason why we share this is because as artists, we all got to work together. Like, I yes, like, that too. Yeah, That's it's what I'm like, saying. It's like a collective reputation in my eyes sometimes. Like as an individual, we, we, yes. as individuals, you have your own reputation. But I feel like as the event basis, if they don't hire a poet to come here for open mic last week and they done fucked up and then the one before, now I'm walking in the room right here. I mean, they're already looking at me a certain way. Like, like, as, like, as a collective, as a collective yeah. of black artists, especially as black artists, black queer artists, especially when I'm speaking in terms of us, yes. we have to uh, keep our collective reputation together. I feel like we have to. It, it is one. So I feel like whether you deny it or not, I mean, everybody got their individualistic ways to go about yeah. things. And I feel like that's just so, this is, that's just American culture. It's so individualistic. So For I feel sure. like in artism, I mean, people go the individual way as well. I mean, but I feel like sometimes we got to think together. Because I feel like... I think that's where growth comes sometimes. from, too. I don't think growth comes from you doing it individually. And I used to think like that. Like, my mindset has changed so much from the past few years because I've allowed myself to allow community around me to like pour into me Mm -hmm. and like guide my direction. Like, yes, I have a vision, but how is it going to be executed at the end of the day? And leading into that, we touch on mindfulness all the time. And I talk about, you know, my background in mindfulness and how I love really being mindful of the world around me, my space, my energy, and things yeah. like that. And then, just, and, yeah, being being mindful of your impact. I feel like when I create, I feel yes. like sometimes when I create, like I don't even have no impact for it. Sometimes, like I feel like I just had to get outside of that. Like I yeah. every time I create a writer poem, it ain't gotta be for shit. It ain't gotta be. So I had to let that go and I, to have fun to fall back in love with poetry again. I really had to do that because for a while it was just I was writing this poem for this person, making this money, and it became a money thing. And it was commission, and I and I love that. Don't get me wrong, I still would do that, but it yeah. got to the point where it's like 
always you have can the right love thing. for it. Yeah, I don't always you have can get right blinded. Thing. I don't always have the right thing for this purpose or to make this impact on somebody. I'm trying to impact somebody. Like, exactly. yeah, I can't just write it no more. Like, I can't have the roast of red light as a little. Exactly. You know, real shit. Like, we can just, real. Let's yeah. just fall back into having fun with it. And yeah, I mean, for sure. So that's for just sure. me individually, girl. I just have to. No, I, I appreciate you speaking to that because I was going to talk about how my mindfulness ties into my poetry. And I'm not sure if other poets feel the same way, but I feel like when I allow my mind to just be free and I don't really have a set trajectory of a piece, I create the most beautiful thing because I'm allowing my heart to speak. And I feel like, how, well, this ties into the question I have. How do you feel your like? How do you feel mindfulness has impacted you as an artist, as a creative, as a person, or just overall in your life? I would say my art is a part of my mindfulness. Yes. It go, it, for me, it go hand in hand. I feel like you know, cause I I, I use my poetry to um, be mindful. You know what I'm saying? I write to. Yeah. I just write to have fun at this point now. Like, I work so much on some real shit. Like mm-hmm. I really had to tell myself like. I don't really have time to uh, crank out <laughs> and be nitpicky with shit no more. I have time to sit down and have fun with yes. it. The rest of the time, it's like, damn, I gotta really put my all into the shit that's really paying my bills. And exactly. you know, I'm not saying Porsche don't pay all the bills, but it's like, goddamn, my job is this job. So I had to learn how to have fun with it again. And I feel like shit, I just be chilling with it now. I think that's beautiful. I think that's absolutely beautiful because I'm at a place in my life where I am balancing, you know my financial priorities to myself and trying to come back to poetry in a space of like I'm not about to judge what I'm putting out like but it's so I think we become our our, we always hear as writers as poets as speakers we are our worst critics (laughs) because I can't tell you how many times I've done features I've done features a few like or I've done my piece to doing it for validation. You could walk into the room and be like, I yes. don't do this for the validation of nobody. I know. You fucking do. You know, at a certain point after a while, of you course. start doing That's just a human thing. So I feel like that's why, you know, you got to learn how to have fun with it. Because at a certain sure. point, I was so nitpicky. At a certain point, I was tearing myself apart. Yeah. Then I was devaluing myself. Talk about it. Talk about it. Then I was devaluing myself as an artist. And it's like, damn, like, well, I mean, my art still is good. I still, but you be really picking yourself apart when you don't feel like you need satisfying somebody. So yeah. I feel like I had to really pull back in certain ways as well and reconsider like who are you creating for and what is your purpose. I feel like everything gotta be for purpose in my and, mm-hmm. and when what Z do it have to be for a purpose. So and I feel like too, that's, that, that's another way that we connect because what work for me might not work for you. Exactly. That's and that's why when I for those of y'all who have been following along for a while, when I started Voices for the Voices, my blog, I wasn't doing it to be like, okay, this is what I'm going to just talk about because my life is so <laughs> interesting. Mm-hmm. It was literally because this is docu- this is documentation, proof of my healing. Yeah. And I had always said growing up that this is going to impact someone in some way. Because if I know that I'm going through this as a kid, somebody else got to be feeling the same way. Sorry about the ambulance. Sorry about the ambulance. <laughs> but like somebody else has to be feeling the same way. It's not just me solely in this world you know experiencing these things and when i first started putting out these pieces and these blogs and actually doing this stuff on my instagram and and things like that i started to get a lot of feedback and i'm like oh i just did that for me like it wasn't really 
for y'all, but if y'all like it, y'all love it. You know what I mean? So I had to find a flow between, I had to find a flow between balancing my mental state and like how I was processing things and understanding that I am putting this information out there. I had to find that balance between like what I want to share and what I didn't. Mm -hmm. But when I first started doing the blog, it was like, I didn't care. I really didn't care because it was, it was for me. I, it was, it was to build a community for women who have been, who have experienced trauma, mm -hmm. specifically sexual abuse, sexual assault, any type of manipulative cycle where they're trying to break it and they don't feel like they have the support. And when I was doing these different bloggings, I was like, okay, this post is good, but I kept nitpicking over it. I kept getting anxiety over every post because I was like, oh my God, I just shared so much of myself. Maybe I overshared, maybe I did too much. You know, when you come out of therapy, that's a therapist, you know what I mean? When you put it in the public eye, it's like, they can ridicule you, they can attack you, right. you know, and it's hard as women to go through that because back up a little bit, let's, let's talk about the Me Too movement and why this even came about because I experienced that in 2018 and it's taken a lot for me to actually admit and, and cope through that movement and I feel like for me, poetry saved me, speaking out about these things saved me. Right. And so when we talk about, you know, having events and they're becoming like where it's like art is unprofessional, I don't want that as my reputation. I want to be in a room where it's not only going to make an impact, but it's going to be smooth sailing. It's going to have, you know, transitions and things like that, because that's how I want things to flow. But things don't always flow that way. Gotcha. That's honestly the case. So I had to learn when I was doing this and doing the podcasting and everything, I had to learn that everything wasn't going to give me the reaction that I had expected right away. It's not going to be that instant gratification. You're going to have trials and errors. And I had to learn that as I was processing what happened to me in 20. Let me do this podcast. So that's how Let's Get Uncomfortable came about. It did stem from my childhood, but it more so stemmed from my sexual assault. Because when you feel like you don't have anyone in your corner standing in the mirror and you're looking at yourself and you wake up every day and sometimes it's hard to look in that mirror y'all sometimes it's hard to look in that mirror but you're looking in that mirror and you say to yourself i am xyz that is causing you to have a shift in your mindset of what you actually believe about yourself when in the mirror and you're looking at yourself and you wake up every day, and sometimes it's hard to look in that mirror, y'all. Sometimes it's hard to look in that mirror. But you look in that mirror, and you say to yourself, I am XYZ. That is causing you to have a shift in your mindset of what you actually believe about yourself. We how I have a love-hate relationship with medicine. <laughs> and I felt like a huge imposter because at that time, I was not on medication, right? When I filmed the docuseries, I was not on it. And at the time that I was on the panel, I was. And I was going through a lot that I needed to find stability again. And I was still being an advocate for myself, but I found myself feeling like, man, I'm an imposter because 
how I'm talking about a holistic healing journey, but I'm back on medication. That's how I was seeing it. So I was judging myself. But you was doing it for you in your own way. That's and I was true. Saying, and I was saying, cause I, because I take medication. And you yeah. And without it, I feel like I would, you know, I don't know who I would be right I now. I know. It just depends on what you're trying to Yeah. You're trying to and I had to understand that after the fact. I had my little breakdown. I was like, but this is helping me right now. No, <laughs> it was helping me right at that moment. So now to say like, it's been... I think before when I first thought about healing, when I first thought about the podcast, when I first first thought about everything that I'm doing now, it was like straight shot. Right. And then when I started to get into it, it was like, hey, hey, we're going up, we're going down, we're going to the side, we're going back, we're going forward, we're going upside down. And I'm like, God damn, we can't just get there. Where are we going to get to the destination? And in my most recent um, piece, I was talking about we often fantasize about the the sunshine and the rainbows that come with healing because we long for that after we've dealt with a lifetime of thunderstorms and pain mm-hmm. and tornadoes alike and it's always hidden in plain sight right and it's crazy because when i said that it really made me realize that what healing actually takes like if i can get there is it takes hope for yourself it does you got to really truly believe. And you got to have hope for yourself. Yeah. And if you kill that off, and if you start to judge yourself at every corner, you're never going to get there. You're never going to grow. I think that this has been a wonderful episode. I have. Yes. And I'm Woo, we definitely did. I went to some places, y'all. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but this that just shows you it's a safe space. Like, if y'all feel like y'all can do that with my with my podcasting and with my speaking and things like that that's what it's here for right so i thank you again for seeing and hearing me you guys can find me on spotify on instagram your girl's getting back on tiktok so you can find me there as well and on patreon all under officially janae h i'll put more details in the caption you want to plug yourself? Um, my username on Instagram is underscore dot z at z. But honestly, if you don't remember that, just go on her, uh, <laughs> go on her follows and just type z, and you'll see me pop up. You'll see her pop up. She be liking all my stuff. But that that's it. Sisters on the mic and good friends for life. I am so happy that you were able to share this with me. I really appreciate it. Of course, I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you for seeing me. Queen J. Peace.